Thank you for joining us on the Hope Church LV podcast. If you're joining us for the first time, I want to be the first to say welcome to Hope Church. Go ahead and open up the Hope Church LV app or visit hopechurchlv.com and click connect with us. We would love for you to fill out a short digital connection card so we can get to know you just a little better. If you haven't done so already, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast to help spread hope to the world. Once again, thank you for joining us today. Father God, I want to stay in this moment of prayer. As we step into this new year, and we may not know what may happen, what we do know is this, that the presence of a living God shall be with his children. And we will trust in you, Father. And so today, as I open my mouth to speak the Bible, Father, be with us. Give comfort to those who are struggling. Give passion to those who are, are aching. God, give comfort to those who need to be reminded that as you step into this new year, there's a God already waiting for you. So, Father, we come in here with a lot of emotions today. I feel that in my body, but what I'm asking God is today we will lift you high and be reminded that no matter what we go through, we can hope in God. This is our prayer, God. Speak with my mouth. Think with my mind. Stand in my body that I may give all I have to you. This is our prayer, Lord, in Christ's name. Amen. Happy New Year. Oh, it is good to see y'all. Y'all looking good. Stepping to 2022. Looking all right. Amen. Amen. I like it. I like it. Listen, I'm Pastor Ricky here. I'm, I'm still pretty new here, so we're still getting to know each other, but I, I'm just happy to be here. Me and my wife, we, uh, we went Christmas uh, on the East Coast, and we had a good time, but family is family, and so we were happy to get back here, if you know what I mean. I believe that right there. Family is family, but, but listen, I'm, I'm happy, man, to preach God's word to you today, especially as we step into this new year, amen? And so listen, uh, as, again, since, since I'm new, I want to get a chance for you to get to know me. So in, in 2015, me and my wife, Rosie, she's sitting over there, we were pregnant with our, our child, our first son, Trip. When I mean we were pregnant, she was pregnant. I was more of a moral support, all right, moral support. So 2015, we're, we're, we're pregnant, and my son's due date now is June 25th, okay, June 25th. That's a big deal because I'm a planner, all right? I had everything planned out, okay, but you know where this is going. June 25th, I had it all planned out. So we had one last uh, uh, appointment with our doctor on June 23rd, all right? So we're in the doctor's office. Things are going well. It's all going great. And then the doctor says, uh-oh. Uh uh-oh. I said, self? Myself said, hmm? I said, what she mean, uh-oh? She said, uh, she said hey, uh, 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 Ms. Harris, your, your amniotic fluid is low, and, and the baby has to come out tonight. I, I said, hold up. You said June 25th. I had my life planned around June 25th. Listen, June 24th, I had a haircut plan because my son can't come into the world and his daddy's hairline all jacked up. And June 24th, I had to get my car washed because my son can't come into the world in a junky car. Lady, what you mean June 23rd? And so my, me and my wife, we, we rush home, um, and, and she, she runs in the house. She starts packing, and I'm still confused, so I do what any well man would do. I, I walk in the house and begin to unload the dishwasher. I'm just like, I don't know what she's talking about, but I know June 25th is supposed to be coming. She didn't trip. <laughs> and so my wife says, Richie, what are you doing? I said, I'm, I'm unloading this washer. That's, duh, what, what do you think? And she said, Richie, we got to go. 
And then I go, I'm not ready. In that moment, um, I was hit with some unexpected news. I was hit with something that I could not prepare for. There's just certain kind of news that throws you off guard, amen. What can make a, a planned person become one who is trying to just survive? What can make a, a, a sane person become one who has seemingly lost their mind? What can do that, you ask? Unexpected problems. Unexpected suffering. Is it me or when problems and trouble and suffering come, they tend to pile on top of each other? Ever heard the old adage, when it rains, it pours? If it's not one thing, it's another. Oh, y'all have some problems here too. Okay, I'm in a good spot. <laughs> and, when, and, when, and when problems come, they never RSVP. They never let you know that they're coming. And when they come, they bring their mama and auntie and cousins in them. <laughs> Ever been there before? Where you're minding your business, trying your best to live a life pleasing to God, and then you get some news that knocks the breath out of your body. Maybe it's your doctor saying that they found something. Or maybe it's an email from your job saying that they're going to have some cutback. Or maybe it's your mechanic saying that it's going to cost you five grand to fix your car. Get a new car. I'm just going to let you know right now. And if you're like me, when problems come and they keep the piling on top of each other, you just want to eat your feelings. And so you're, you're pulling the Chick-fil-A. Order your favorite meal only to find out that they ran out of your favorite sauce. Ah, man! When problems come, they tend to pile on top of each other. But one thing that frustrates me the most about problems is that they are inevitable. They come whether you like it or not. And more times than not, I, I can't control them. About nine months after my son was born, uh, we found out that he has a rare genetic disorder that makes him more susceptible to four different types of childhood cancer. And then on Wednesday of this week, we got a call from his doctor saying that he could possibly have a liver disease. As a parent, you always want to protect your children. But there's just certain things you can't protect them from. And pain and suffering is one of them. Not only that, but suffering always lasts longer than I would like. Jesus, it's been 10 minutes. I get it. Can we please turn the page? But what frustrates me the most is that most times when I'm suffering, I rarely ever know why. One of the hardest things about suffering is to suffer and not know why. And as you and I step into this new year, if suffering is inevitable, if it's coming no matter where you like it or not, then I'm left to ask the question, how do we suffer well in the unknown of 2022? Whether you're a Christian or not a Christian, what binds us together today is the fact that at some point in 2022, you will walk through a hardship. And if that's the case, then how do we suffer well? I think the answer is found in a man in the Bible that most of us don't like reading. 
You know where I'm going. Most of us actually skip over his name in the Bible because his name was attached to pain and suffering. You're laughing because you know I'm, I'm telling the truth. I'm talking about a man named Job. And through Job's life, I believe he gives us the answer to that question, how we can suffer well. You need to know this, that the Bible actually has something to say about our pain. We don't have a gospel that does not step into the hardships. In fact, look at this uh, quote with me from Gardner C. Taylor. It says this, we can't preach a suburban gospel, for it camps at the edge of the city. It does not enter into the affairs of the great traffic of life. It deals with the manageable themes and inoffensive advice, but does not cut at the heart and core of what human existence is all about. Here it is now. And yet we have a gospel that deals with the depth and height of our human existence. Hear me. We may not like Job, but we need Job. Because at some point in this year, all of us will have some kind of suffering. Amen? But Rick, enough about this. Who is Job? Uh, Job in chapter 1, Job is a, a follower of God. He, he's a man who, who, who loves God, who, who turns away from evil. Not only that, he's a wealthy man. And he has a wonderful family of 10 wonderful children. But the icing on the cake of who Job is is the fact that God says that there is no one on the face of the earth like Job. Talk about someone boosting your resume. God says there's no one on the face of the earth like him. But this prosperity wouldn't last too long. In fact, God would allow Satan to take everything away from Job. His money, reputation, even killing his ten children. And from chapter 1 to chapter 13, you see Job trying to figure out why. Not only that, Job has some friends who come and try to offer their advice. And sometimes every friend ain't really a friend. And these friends are actually saying that, Job, the reason you're going through what you're going through is because you've done something to offend God. And from chapter 1 to chapter 13, you see Job in this internal battle trying to figure out why did all of this happen? All right? So now that we understand who Job is, let's now step into the text. Turn with me to Job chapter 13. All right? Job 13. Verses 13 to 15. Let me say this also. Public reading is hard. Reading out loud. If I mess up, don't you laugh at me. All right? We family, right? Here we go. Job 13, verse 13 through 15. Says this. Let me have silence and I will speak. And let come on me what may. Why should I take my flesh and my teeth and put my life in my hand? Though he slay me. I will hope in him, yet I will argue my ways to his face. So now we, we meet Job in chapter 13. He's having this argument with his friends. And in verse 13 he says, please be quiet. You have no idea what you're talking about. You're trying to blame me that I've done something wrong, but clearly you don't know the whole picture. Job says, let me have silence and I will speak. Please just shut your mouth. What's cool is that even though Job was talking to his friends, he's actually talking to God. Job wants to have a face-to-face -face conversation with God. Anybody else ever been there before? God, I need to talk to you. 
Ah, uh, stuff ain't adding up. In fact, to prove this point, look at, look at it with me, verse 3. It says this, Job said in the same chapter, but I would speak to the Almighty, and I desire to argue my case with God. This is lawyer talk here. Job is saying, I'm waiting for my day in court. I need God Almighty to come down on the stand and let me prove to you my innocence. What we see in this first thing here is honesty. Job is honest with God. Hear me, don't miss this though. Though he's honest, he can only be honest because he actually has an intimacy with God. Job knew God. Job says, I got a problem, and I'm coming straight to you, but the only way Job could do that is because Job had an intimacy with God. In fact, um, I think for the Christian to not be honest with God shows that we actually aren't as close as we think we are. The only way you can be honest with God is, is by first having a relationship with him, and Job had that. In fact, Pastor Vance reminded me, and I took the team in the back, he said, Ricky, there's only certain people who can say certain things to me. Only certain people have a backstage pass to say certain things to me. Matter of fact, there's only one person in this whole worship center who can come up here right now and tell me, Pastor Ricky, your breath stinks. And that is my wife. I have an intimacy with her. She knows me. Don't miss this. And what I'm learning in my personal walk with Jesus is when I'm going through struggles, trials and hardships what keeps my mind sane is the fact that I can be honest with God I can say God I don't I don't like what you're doing you say that you're good but this does not feel good you say you're close but I keep knocking on heaven's throne. It's as if you've moved location. Hear me, Hope Church. No matter what we go through as we walk into this new year, we have no idea what is planned for us. But even when hardships come, we can be honest with God. Pour our hearts out to him. Look at it with me. This quote from Charles Hatton Spurgeon says this. Turn the vessel of your soul upside down in the secret presence and let your innermost thoughts, desires, sorrows, and sins be poured out like water. Here it is now. Hide nothing from him, for you can hide nothing. We have got to make a resolve that no matter what comes in this new year, I will be honest with God because I walk with him. Job says, I've lost everything. Why? But I can feel the tension in the room. You grew up like me. You grew up hearing you don't question God. Anybody else? Amen? Well, I would agree with that, but I think we've got some things misconstrued. I was hanging out with Pastor Tom. He's the pastor over our sending. And matter of fact, let me just say this on side note. If you've never been to Pastor Tom's office, you need to go. I I walked in, Pastor Tom had a waterfall in the background. He had a candle lit. He had Kenny G playing. I was like, am I at Green Valley Ranch? Like, what is going on? I mean, it was just a nice place to have a good conversation. 
And so we're talking, and Pastor Tom, he's from Tennessee, he's country, he says, Ricky, you know, we're country, he says, Ricky, you know, you can be honest with God and still ask him questions. He says, there's a right way to question God and a wrong way to question God. The wrong way to question God is to say something like this. God, if you love me, then why would you do this? Anybody in here ever did that before? I'm a, matter of fact, raise your hand. I want to make sure we're clear. I'm going to put both hands up for me. This is wrong because it challenges the character of God as if to call him a liar, as if he's not the same yesterday, today, and, to ever, and forevermore. But then he says, Ricky, there's a right way to question God, something like this. Lord, can you show me why you are doing this? This does not question God's character at all. It affirms it. But it also says, God, even though you're all-knowing, I'm not. Can you help me understand why you are doing what you are doing? Job shows you and I an honesty with God because Job is a book in the Bible that says it's okay here to not be okay. There's a space in the Bible that God says it's okay to grieve here. It's okay to question here. It's okay to be honest with me here. But another thing that Job shows me that we often miss is even though Job knew that God was the one signing the permission slips to allow him to suffer, he never withheld his heart from God. Your heart is your affections, your emotions, your worship. Even though Job knew that God was the one allowing suffering to happen, he never withheld his heart from him. But I have. Because I can't control life, what I can control is how I worship you. You let my son get sick, I'm not praying to you. You let me lose my job, I'm not worshiping you. But hear me. No matter what we go through, do not withhold your heart from God. Do not withhold your heart from God. Hear me. Just because you are going through hardships, that does not mean that God does not care about you. Just because he allows you to have some suffering, that does not mean that God does not care about you. God says, I accept the cares and the hurts of my children. Bring those things to me. And in fact, you don't believe me, look at, look at this song with me. Psalm 62, it says this. Trust in him at all times. Old people, old hope church, pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Don't believe me? Let's keep going. First Peter says this, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. This is what I'm trying to tell you. God allows suffering to happen, but hear me, keep coming to him because God cares about you. As you step into this new year and suffering may come, let us make a resolve to say no matter what comes, I will not withhold my heart and my desires from my God. I will step closer to him. In my suffering, one of the greatest gifts God's ever given me is his ear. It's his ear. When you and I don't open up and share our pain with God, it actually makes things worse. Job says, as I step into 2022, what I will do, if I go through suffering, I will open my heart to God. Amen? 
Secondly, Job says, um, I want to show you verse 15. Job says, let's, let's keep going here. Verse 15, Job says this. He says, though he slayed me, I will hope in him. When Job says, though he slayed me, I will hope in him, we have a different posture from verse 13 to verse 15. There's a, there's a shifting in the plan here. When Job says the word though, your Old Testament Bible is written in the Hebrew language. In the Hebrew language, this word though, it means to watch something, to, to behold something. And then the word slay, though he slay, that means to, uh, to kill, to annihilate. Job says, Hope Church, in 2022, he says, look at me here. He said, watch what I'm about to say. Job says, listen, he says, though God slay me, I will hope in him. What you're seeing now is Job's faith. It's a shift now between verse 13 and verse 15. You're seeing Job's faith. It's as if when Job says, though he slay me, Job says, I'm showing the Christian that when suffering comes, this is how you are to respond. When suffering comes to you and I, we aren't called to run away from God, but we're called to run to God. Job says, though he slay me, and this is my burden. If you're not a Christian and you don't know Jesus, when, when suffering happens to you, where do you go? Who is your rescuer? But can I introduce you to a God who says, though you slay me, I will be right there beside you. Say what you want to about Job. Call him crazy. Don't read his book. But you have got to be a mature Christian to be able to acknowledge that at some point God would allow suffering to come your way. You've got to be a mature, shown-up Christian who walks with Jesus to be able to be okay with saying that at some point God's going to say, it's your turn. And you don't like that. I like the last part of verse 15. I will trust him. Sounds heroic but not so much the beginning of verse 15. Though he slay me. In verse 13, you're seeing Job fight against God. He's fighting. I don't want to do that. I don't want to deal with that. But in verse 15, those clenched hands now become an open palm. What Job shows you and I is his humility. Job says, I'm tired of fighting against you. The only way Job can be open with God and humble with God because Job believed that no matter what he was going through, God was still in control. Job says that I can submit to God's plan even if I don't like it because I know that God is still in control and God still has a plan for my life. Hope Church, let me remind you of this. Don't, 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 don't tap out on me right now. Don't tap out. No matter what you're going through, do not let it make you believe that God has somehow forgotten about you. God still has your name engraven in the palm of his hand. God ain't forgotten about you. Job says, though he slay me, I can trust in him. I, I love it. Um, two things we should ask ourselves, two questions to ask ourselves when, when suffering comes, before we get all emotional. The first question should be, is God still good? And is God still sovereign? I want, I want you to hear me. 
when suffering comes, the first question I need to ask myself, is God still good? And is, and is God still sovereign? He's still in control. And if both of those questions can be answered, yes, then I can open my palms to him and say, though you slay me. What Job shows us is that God never answers Job's questions. You get that? He never answers Job's questions. I think Job shows us this right here, that it's okay because we don't live by explanations. We live by promises. God says, yes, bring your pain to me, bring your sorrow to me, but in the end, I'm still God and I still have the right to answer you or not. But no matter what I allow you to go through, I promise to never leave you nor forsake you. No matter what I allow you to go through, I promise you to be there with you in the beginning and even in the end. Job says, God, you will not have to answer my questions, but just promise me that you shall never leave me or forsake me. And Hope Church, as you step into this new year, God may not answer all your questions, but he will be there with you. We've got to realize in the end, though God is close to us, he's still God. He still owns the right to say what he wants to say. But also I think Job shows when he says, though he slay me, his submission. He also shows us that the safest place is sometimes the hardest place. The safest place for the Christian to be is in the hand of God, right? But if we can be honest, if we can be honest, sometimes that's the hardest place to be. You could be dancing in the perfect will of God and still have cancer. You could have your God time, your, 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 your gather time, your group time, your go time, and still lose your job. Job shows us that just because you submit to God, that does not mean that every day shall be sunshine and rainbows. But Job says this, I can open my hands to God because in the end, I know he is still in control. Don't let what you see dictate what you know. You know God is with you even when the storms of life rage. Job says, though he slay me, I will hope in him. Job shows us his humility. I told you all earlier um, that my son has a rare genetic disorder. So every three months, we have to get him ultrasounds done. And we go to those appointments, and he's lying there, and there's a screen there. And, and every three months, me and my wife have to sit in that chair. And I watch that screen wondering, is this the day I find out my son has cancer? I don't know. I don't like that seat. In fact, I hate it. But I sit in that chair, believing that God still has a plan. Though he slept. 
showed, shows his humility by saying, I don't like where I'm at, but I sit in this chair because I trust it. Amen. But my tears can be wiped away because for the Christian, all of my pain and suffering has an expiration date. I, I know the first two points were a little bit somber, but I got to end it with hope. That even in the midst of darkness and I stand in the bottom of the valley, I can raise my hands and lift my voice to remind myself that my hope is in God and my God shall never, ever, ever fail me. So let's go ahead and end this thing right here. Job says, though he slayed me, I will hope in him. What you're seeing when Job says, I will hope in him, you're seeing, you're seeing Job's, all of his faith now come to the forefront. It's as if the stronger his faith grows, even in the midst of his hardship. Anybody ever been there before? When your life is falling apart, and yet you have the energy and the strength to keep putting one foot in front of the other, and yet you have the audacity to open your Bible. And believe the words that you are reading. And Job simply says that though he slayed me, I will hope in him. Now, this is the question I feel. i got to be honest here. Ricky, how can Job hope in God when he's lost everything? How can I hope in God when my body is being ravaged by cancer? Great question. The reason Job could hope in God when he's lost everything is because he believed that in the end, God would vindicate him. Whether in this life or the life to come, he believed that God would one day make all things right. So this is my good news shouting poem to you right now. Let me just remind you of this, that the Christian never loses. You missed that. You must have missed that point. I just told you that the Christian never loses in this life or the one to come. So take my money. My daddy owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Take my body. I will get a new one when I get to heaven. Bring all the anxiety. I sit at the feet of the wonderful counselor. Let the fear and the waves come towards me. I know the God who controls the winds and the waves. The Christian never, ever loses. So as you step into this new year, remind yourself that you have a God that has never failed you yet. Job says, my New Year's resolution is come what may, I will hope in God. So, when Job says, I will hope in God, he literally means, uh, it means to wait in expectation. When Job says, I will hope in God, that means that I am looking to him, expecting him to do something about my situation. Job says, if God kills me, he'll kill me looking at him. If God takes my life, he'll take my life believing in him. But some of you are saying, Ricky, I'm tired of waiting. I've been waiting for five years, 10 years, 20 years. But can I remind you what the great prophet Isaiah says? They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. 
They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. I know you're tired of waiting, but in the midst of waiting, God gives you the strength to keep going day after day. Job says, I made it up in my mind that come what may, I will not move from looking at God. And that is what I want to encourage you with this year. Making your mind every morning, God, when I wake up, before my feet hit the floor, I make a conscious decision to say, I will trust in you no matter what comes. But I, I got to end it here, man. Um, Paul David Tripp in his book, New Morning Mercy, says that there's, 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 there's hope is, um, well, my slide for hope. My slide. There, there it is. I'm still new. Give me a second. What is hope? Hope is surrendering our hearts to some kind of expectation. That's what hope is. That's, that's all I hope is. I, I'm giving my heart to something I'm expecting to happen, right? But Paul David Tripp says there's three elements to hope. He says um, the first element is assessment. I'm looking around and seeing that something is off. Something is broken. The second element is an object. I, I, I'm putting my hope in this object to fix what I see is wrong. The third, the third element is expectation. I'm expecting this object to fix my problem. That is the three elements of what hope is. Job says, my life has been broken. I'm looking towards God as my object, and my expectation is he will make all things right. Now, here's the cool part about it. There's two ways to find this hope. One is horizontal, to look at people, places, and things. The issue about that is people always fail you. People were never meant to be your hope. They will always let you down. Just ask my wife. She'll let you know. This dude will fail you in a minute. But then the apostle Paul in Romans chapter 5, verse 5 says, there's another way to find this hope, and it's vertical. Paul says, those who place their hope in me shall not be put to shame. Christian, let me remind you of this. Your hope has a name, and his name is Jesus Christ. That is your hope. And a Christian who is hopeless is an oxymoron. It don't fit. How can you be a Christian and be hopeless? Because your God defeated hell, sin, and death and got up out of the grave on your behalf. I told you earlier, you need your because Job reminds you and I that we can have hope. Now, I got I to gotta hurry up with this true story here. Um, speaking of hope, his name was Horatio Spafford. He was a well-to-do lawyer, and they had a beautiful wife and five wonderful children. But sadly, his son would pass away when he was four years old due to scarlet fever. The family now, broken, would decide to have a change of scenery and move a little bit towards Europe, just to England for a while, just to change the scenery. Before they were about to leave, Spafford was called back to business, but he went ahead and sent his wife and his four daughters ahead of him. While on the, crossing the Atlantic Ocean, their ship would collide with another ship, killing 226 people in 12 minutes, including his four daughters. Spafford would get the news and immediately board the next vessel. It says that as he was crossing the Atlantic, the captain waved him over and pointed to a spot in the sea and said, this is where your daughters will die. 
And what Spafford did next would still send chills through our bodies centuries later. He grabbed a pen and wrote these words. When peace, like a river, attendeth my way. When sorrows, like sea billows, roll. Whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. I came here to remind you as you start your new year to not forget that no matter what God allows to happen in your life, you can still place your complete hope in God. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when life is going good, when sorrows like sea billows roll, when life is going bad, whenever my lot, God has taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. How can you and I suffer well in this upcoming year? being honest with you, by being humble before God, well, in the end, in the end, by hoping in God. Let's pray. Father, tonight, my prayer is that I was out of the way and that your word pierced the hearts and souls of your people, including myself. Some of us have some real sorrows, some real pains that we've walked through in 2021, and, and those things are somehow maybe carrying over to 2022. And if that's the case, God, my prayer is that you will comfort them and be with them. I don't stand up here as a pastor as if life has not hit me, but life hits all of us. No matter what your title, no matter what your position, no matter what money you make. So, God, my prayer is that your people can step into this new year trusting that you will be with them. You will comfort them and love them and protect them and that they can put their hope and faith in you. This is our prayer in Christ's name. Amen. Now listen, this, this, this is what I need you to do. I, listen to me, what I need you to do. I want us to start this new year off right. And the best way to start the new year off right is to humble yourself before God and realize you need him. Some of you right now are afraid of this upcoming year. Not as confident as you thought you were. Because sometimes the same problems in 2021 somehow carry over to 2022. And if you're afraid of what this year may come, I want to ask you to come to the altar. Lay down fear. Some of you need to be honest with God. You're mad at him, so you've kept your worship away from him. But you need to come down here and be honest with God and say, God, I've been carrying this pain and this frustration with you for the past year. I don't want to walk into this new year still carrying the same pain. Some of you need to be humble before God. Stop fighting against God because wherever God has you, 
that must mean it's the best place for you. And that's hard to hear. It's even hard to say, but that does not mean that it's not true. If God has never made a mistake, then that means that where he has you is the best place for you. Come down here. Lay down your boxing gloves. Open your hand. And lastly, this is two parts here. First to the Christian. I have struggled this year. I've lost some of my hope in God. Suffering does that to you. Problems do that to you. It takes away your belief that God cares. But if you are a Christian and you are still struggling to believe that God cares about what you are going through, come down here and ask God, rejuvenate, restore to me the joy of your salvation. But secondly, if you're not a Christian, you don't know Jesus. I'm afraid for you because there is one thing that is constant, and that's problems. So when it comes, what are you going to do? In fact, if I could be honest, you're probably sitting here because what you hoped in failed you. So you came here trying to figure out what is church all about. And Hope Church is all about a God who left heaven, who came down to earth, who died for broken, jacked up, messed up people, that they would know him and have hope in him because those who place their hope in God shall never, ever be put to shame. If you don't know Jesus, come down here as our pastors come. They're here to pray with you be with you. There's not a day in my life that I don't pray for my son. But at the end of the day, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I shall not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Though he slay me, I will hope.